please stand if you're able for the call to worship. We come to worship God. Let us come with humility. We come to worship God. Let us come with expectation. In the divine presence, there's light for our darkness and purpose in our striving. Praise be to God. may be seated. Just want to welcome you to worship this morning and uh, to let you know that uh, it's, a, it's good to be here in the house of the Lord today to share together. It's also good to see guests with us and for those that are visiting with us and also members too, we'd like to have a record of your attendance. If you take time to uh, write in the blue booklet at the end of each pew, we would appreciate having a record of your attendance with us. For those uh, this is your first time. We hope that you've been warm, uh, warmly welcomed here at Southside. Southside is a church in the heart of the city, building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. 
and a part of that is to welcome everyone into this house of worship because we are all children of God. Today, as we continue in our time of worship, too, a part of that is to greet one another and welcome one another. We want to pass the peace of Christ to one another, so if you would, take a moment and do that now, please. finding your way back to your place. I want to also welcome those who may be worshiping with us via live stream. Uh, we do broadcast that weekly, and some of you join us each week as you share together, not today. It's, it's great to see you fellowshipping together and to greet one another uh, in the name of the Lord and to know that as we do so we are increasing the fellowship enriching it deepening it as we share let's bow together please Lord in these moments today we ask that you would bless us with your presence in a mighty way that we might sense it that all we do here would be pleasing to you we pray, Lord, that your spirit might move us, that we might be guided in worship, but also that you would speak to our hearts, that we might be moved to follow you more closely. I pray all these things in thy son's name.
Our first scripture lesson comes from Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hand. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. And this ends our first lesson. Our second reading this morning is found in the Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. We'll be reading verses 51 through 58. In honor of the Gospel, would you stand as it's read, please, if you're able? I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And the Jews began to argue shar sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. This is the word of the Lord. seated. We all don't look too happy this morning. Can I see a smile? Guys, can you smile? Martine, can you smile? Yeah, there's a smile. Millicent, that's a pretty smile. Thank you uh, for brightening our day with your smiles. I know that you can always make frown looks. I saw one this morning when Miss Kay was taking up some, some that you had, right, Martine, before Sunday school? Yours. 
Well, anyway, we're here today, and I know this has been a busy week. It's the 4th of July week. We've had, uh, on Independence Day, we had uh, a lot of celebrations. I saw one of you at the fireworks, the fellowship and fireworks here as we were outside, and we um, celebrated that. But I've got something here today that I want to talk to you about because it was part of it is what Miss Hope just read about a few moments ago. I want to ask you a couple of questions. It has. What did you do in Sunday school today? Go first. What did you learn in Sunday school, Jackie? Almost repeated everything verbatim last week. Oh. Um. Oh, you We've got Willow and Jade. Well, good. And the rest of the folks. <laughs> well, thanks for. I'm glad that everybody come. This is the biggest crowd we've had, and I think it's the first time we've had twins. Maybe ever. I can't remember if we've had or not. That I remember. Well, no, I'm, I'm sorry. There were two a while back. Uh, but we're glad that you're here and sharing with us. And today, um, we're talking about what they had learned in Sunday school, but we will, we'll go ahead and talk about what was read. It was about uh, what God spoke to Jeremiah about and what he told him to go and watch uh, or to see at the, at the potter's house. And it has to do with uh, making pottery. Now, I've got something here. You think we can make some? You think we can make pottery out of this, Timothy? Can you help us with this too? What do you think, Jack? Can you make pottery out of that? You think you can make anything out of that pottery? You think it would last very long? Would it hold its shape always? You'd have to dry it, but I'm not sure that would work very well. You know, I'm not sure that that would be a good something good to use for that. What about this? You could use this, perhaps. been a while since I played with it, so I don't know how to get out of a can. <laughs> well, you, you can make something with that, but what happens if you let it dry? What will happen over time? It'll harden, and then what happens? It cracks. It'll hold its shape, but it'll probably crack if you've tried to put it, make a, a cup or anything. Now, this is something else. This is actually clay that you use for, yeah, you've made a little, now this is clay, and it's actually the kind of clay used to make pottery. Now, that particular clay, if you work it right and get it soft enough, you can make something. And if it dries or if you fire it, you would be able to keep it for a long time, like this. There are two pieces here that I have. Now, one's a cup that was made not all that long ago. But you see how it was, how it was made? You see the, the clay? It's clay almost the same as that, isn't it? I mean, it's hardened, but it's the same color. Now, this piece right here, which I'm not sure how I got it. I don't know if I did know. I could tell because I think it came from a dig in Israel. <laughs> and so it's, uh, it showed up in my office one day, and someone sent me a note that said that's where it was from, clay's near Sepphoris. So, but this is part of a, of a pot. And this was probably, this probably was near to the time that Jesus was on the earth. Probably near that time. Who made it's just who made it. Just who made it. Now, what the scripture said was it talked about how God will take and mold us. 
We've got two little, two little girls here today, Jade and Willow, and they're here, and they're growing up, and mom and dad are, are trying to shape them and mold them, not physically so much as it is what they learn, what they think, how they live, so that they have everything they need and they grow up properly, as your parents have done. But we also have to be shaped a lot by how we pray, what we ask of God, and that we let God mold us and shape us into the person we're supposed to be. Now, Abby has the silly putty. That may be appropriate, right, Abby? The silly putty. <laughs> and you can take that and you can get, you can transfer cartoons and things off of it and stretch them and it, and it changes shape and you can stretch it that way, but the real clay you can't. The clay that Millicent has is clay that if you work it and if you mold it, you could produce something like this, something that's useful, something you could use in, in a home. So what we want to pray is that we'll, we will all do our best to pray and that we will, that God will shape us and mold us and that we will be a vessel that's for good uses, that we'll be able to be used to uh, help and serve others in his name. So today as we remember that, we, uh, we want to pray for all of you and, and especially as we have two of the youngest members up here too, Jade and Willow, uh, we'll pray for all of us together. Lord, we ask today that you would be with all of us gathered here, but especially these little ones and these um, two very young little girls. We ask that you would uh, bless our time of worship today, and may we always yield ourselves to you. May we allow you to mold us into the people you would have us to be, that we might serve you better. In Christ's name. If you would join me in prayer as we bring our concerns before God, we give thanks for all the many blessings that we do enjoy. Lord, just as these children gathered here at the front, we all gather as your children in this house of worship. We come to worship you, the one true and living God, creator and sustainer of life. We offer thanks for all the blessings that we have received from you. We again remember the blessing of freedom that we share and, and that we're able to gather in this place and to worship and to know that we can do so freely. We thank you for all the provisions you have made in our lives, for all those necessities of life to maintain life, but most important for the spiritual gift of your son who has transformed us, who has saved us, who has 
provided the mercy and grace that we need as he sacrificed his own life for all people. For all these things, we give you thanks. We thank you for this, the blessing of this community of faith and for our efforts to be the people you've called us to be, to uphold those truths that you have proclaimed to us, but also to do so in the most loving and kind way that we can. Lord, for all of these and more, we give you thanks. And we ask that you would open our eyes to those other blessings that you have blessed us with that we have not seen, that we have been insensitive to. And in so doing, may you also enable us to see the world around us as you see it. Free from all of the personal biases that we have for wanting things to be the way that we want them and that all others must be wrong. For believing that you're still in the world working and bringing about your perfect plan and that as you do that you empower individuals to speak truth into situations to be your presence, to be a voice of hope and of reason. We pray, Lord, that you would enable us, that we would be guided by your spirit, that we would be able to see within us those areas that we need to ask forgiveness for, where we have wronged others, where we have spoken in ways that were hurtful, for times that we have desired so much our own way that we have left others out. May we be sensitive for the needs around the world. We pray, Lord, for peace. We pray that those who have become hopeless would again find a way to see a, a glimmer of hope. We pray for those who, are, who find themselves in places that are very difficult. For those at the nation's borders and for the circumstances that they find themselves in, we pray that you might provide through people here comfort and care. For those around the world who are in harm's way, for those caught in the midst of, of in war-torn areas, for those who are innocent but yet find themselves in harm's way because of being where they are at this time. For the children, for those who desire peace, but yet find themselves victims of harm. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to see the world, open our eyes to see those injustices that are around us in our own communities and beyond. Most importantly, Lord, may we do what we can where we are. May it begin with us. May we see that as how you lead us to be your instrument of love and mercy and grace and peace. Help those who are facing difficulties of disease, for those who are recovering, for those who are struggling in relationships, for those who find themselves struggling to know how to make ends meet. Oh, Lord, may you provide the way and may you empower us to be a part of that resolution. For all these things, Lord, we offer unto you. 
We thank you for that love, mercy, and grace that knows no end. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being a part of your kingdom's work. is hard to tell you what I'm about to tell you. First, thank you, Melinda. So glad to have you. Melinda and I went to school together and to church together. Bo, we're glad to have you back. That is a professional voice, a stirring, wonderful baritone. You're going to hear great things about Bo going forward. So here's the hard part. You ready? I'm not. Today is Teray Pruitt's last Sunday with us. Last one. We stood beside each other for almost four years. If I couldn't figure it out, Teray could figure it out. And most of the time, he was figuring it out first. Teray and Corey are moving to Seattle. Teray's going to be a teacher out there. It's a lifelong dream. We wish you well. I wish I could keep you here, but I'm so happy for you, Teray, and for Corey. You're an amazing person.
at the end of worship, you'll have a chance to come and speak to, to Ray when, after we uh, conclude today. But just to say a word, we've, we're glad you're here. He's participated much in our Wednesday night activities and uh, other uh, fellowship activities here at, at Southside over the last three-plus years. So we're, uh, we will hate to, hate to see you go. But we know this is a part of that process of being uh, the person that God has called you to be. And we trust in that. Today, as we start this time of worship, I want or this homily, I wanted to begin by saying that, you know, there's a, a lot of things that, a lot of ways we can go with various different texts, as many of you found out in Sunday school this morning. Hopefully, those who were uh, dealing with the Joshua passages were able to find ways to navigate through that. We always work to find ways that will be uh, beneficial to us without um, stumping our toes so much that we make no progress. There was a young man who wanted to be a great writer. That's all he could focus on. That's all he thought about. He said things like, you know, I want to write great stuff. I want to write stuff the whole world reads, stuff that will connect at a deep emotional level, words that will make people scream in anger, cry in desperation, and weep heartfelt tears. Well, a few years later, it seemed as though he had finally seen his dream come true when it was found that he was working, writing the computerized messages seen on the overhead interstate signs that warn you of delays and accidents and other things. He certainly heard many people agonize as they would read those signs, certainly, and they had anger, too. Many people were reading them. People were hearing them, but it's not what he intended. He wanted to be a great novelist, one who would write and people would see and hear and understand and hear the very core of who he was, too, to understand him, what he was about. We know things don't always turn out the way we anticipate, at least not for me. I don't think there's anyone here that's had everything turn out the way you thought it would over time, is there? Uh, I don't think there is. Things happen. Things change. As a result of that, we have to find ways to, to get through that, to navigate through it. And sometimes we do so very well. Other times we do not. I think is sometimes we push on forward through it and, you know, to use that old expression of come hell or high water, we're going to go through it. We're going to make it through it. And we may make it through it. We may force things to the point that we make it, but I don't think that's really what the Lord has in mind for us. For sometimes, sometimes we sort of resort to just uh, withdrawing, finding our own way to deal with it. We find ourselves holed up in our own place, and there we lick our wounds and allow them to heal and hopefully become refreshed. You know, those are two extremes of how people might deal with disappointments. Disappointments that come when we find out that you were passed over for a job or a great tenor, tenor is leaving the chorus, the, the choir, or we get a report that we've got some diagnosis that is going to require further medical attention. Or a financial crisis has become not just a problem anymore, it is a full-blown, four-alarm fire. 
What do we do? How do we respond? Henry Nowen, the priest and theologian who spent a great deal of time working in pastoral ministry, and he also was a psychologist, counseled many, and, and also was uh, very influential in uh, developing spiritual formations and also writing about the importance of community and how people relate to one another. And what he said was that throughout life, our true challenge is to return to the center, to the heart, and to find there the gentle voice which speaks to us and affirms us in a way no human voice ever could. The basis of all ministry is the experience of God's unlimited and unlimiting acceptance of us as beloved children. An acceptance so full, so total and all-embracing that it sets us free from our compulsion to be seen, praised, and admired, and free for Christ who leads us on the road to service. Now, now one said a whole lot in that, that brief quote, but really what he, he said was, in a few words, is that to get back to that centered place, that place where we sense the heart of God and it, that resonates with us, the voice that resonates with us, and we are able to be affirmed in our own being who we are, who God has made us to be, and as a result of that, we're then able to be used and useful unto God. You know, part of what he said here was that it sets us free. It sets us free from our compulsion to be seen and praised and admired and free for Christ who leads us on the road to service. You know, sometimes we don't think about being freed from those things of our compulsion to be praised or to be admired and to be free. But look around at, at the at television or ads, what most of it is about is how to be admired and to be praised and to be accepted. We usually reward people for those things that would come across as being admired and, and desired. But I want you to look at this text for just a moment the one that Hope read earlier about from Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, was one who prophesied prior to the southern kingdom of Judah being taken into exile in Babylon. He had one of the hardest jobs, I can imagine, of going day after day and delivering messages to people who would not listen, of saying things that he knew were going to be seen as, as being um, contrary to what people wanted what people desired. He was not winning friends. He was not even influencing people. He was simply delivering the message and as a result of that, in his lifetime and in his, his um, time of prophesying, there was only three people that he was really close to as far as friends go. But Jeremiah had a mission and that was to be the instrument that God was going to use to deliver a message to Israel and to tell them to repent, to come back to him and to be focused on him, to live for him, to be the people he had called him to be. So he goes down to the potter's house and there he sees the potter at the wheel and he has a, a vessel there that for some reason has become marred, it is no longer good and so the potter refashions it into something that is useful, something to his liking. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to throw clay or pottery, but there's an art to it. You need to be an artist. Or you can learn. Anyone can learn, I think. But there are some things about it that are really important. Just like this clay that the children were looking at earlier, the clay that's used to make uh, pottery vessels is a clay that is, um, can be molded and shaped and dried and also fired to where it creates a real useful vessel. The clay, though, after it's prepared, it's kneaded, it's folded. If you've watched anyone do it, they fold it. They get all the little pockets of air out, and they work with that clay until the point that it feels right to them. The artist knows it. They feel it. They can tell it, and they put it at the very center of the wheel. Now, it has to be in the center of the wheel. Otherwise, it's going to be misshapen. It, they just cannot shape it, or the potter, potter cannot shape it and mold it the way that it needs to be. As he turns the wheel, the pliable clay turns with the wheel, and the potter gently applies pressure to that clay, a clay that's malleable, that's clean has no foreign objects in it. And just with a gentle touch and a slight pressure, it can change the shape of that vessel. He can pull it and make it very tall, or he can push it from the inside and make it very wide, depending on what he needs, what kind of vessel he needs to produce. Potters can create an array of vessels, as you've seen, cups, pots, plates, all kind of things. And many of you have that kind of pottery in your home. You have something there that has been maybe an, a piece of art that is actually done by a local artisan. But it's the same image, or that image is what we also see as we talk about the Lord having his hand upon us and shaping us, and molding us. And the great thing about it is that in the case of this potter, as, as Jeremiah went to his shop, and he began to watch him, and there was something that marred it. He did not throw it away. It wasn't as though the clay was of no use. The clay was still of use, and he takes it, and he refashions it into something that is a useful vessel, something for his purpose. You know, that old song we sing, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, says, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, Have Thine Own Way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay, to mold me and make me after Thy will while I'm waiting, yielded and still. The idea of being yielded or malleable, to be there in the center of God's presence in order to be able to be shaped and, and fashioned into the person, spiritual person, that God desires you to be. This week we resume our Wednesday evening, I'm sorry, our Thursday evening, contemplative and communion service. And there for about 30 minutes, we gather and we spend time in quiet um, meditation, scripture reading, reflection, but the most important part is that we spend time getting all of the noise out of our minds 
to close that out and push it out, to push the clutter away from those continual thoughts that shoot across our mind and we say, you know, I'm, that's not something I need to deal with now. And to push that aside and be able to focus entirely on the moment and the presence of Christ with us in that moment. And to listen, to listen for the voice of God. In some ways, it's exactly like that potter because you, you find ourselves seeking to be centered in his presence and to, and to allow the hands of God to shape us, to shape our spirit, to enable us to see and understand in ways that we might not otherwise see. It is a time that we practice the words of the psalmist when he said, I'll be still and know that I am God. To be still and know that I'm God, to be still for just a few moments in a day, in an age when we can't be still, most of us, 30 seconds. But the truth is we're being shaped. We're being shaped by something all the time. And so for that reason, as we think about how we are being shaped, it is important that we know that what we're being shaped into is that that is useful to the one who has called us and redeemed us and blessed us and the one who walks with us daily. The text from John about eating the bread. To hear those words about eating flesh was an anathema to many. I couldn't imagine that. And, and of course, again, as we talked about in Joshua, we have to see it in, through some spiritual eyes. That this, These are words that are teaching spiritual truths and not to physically do these things, but to spiritually do them. St. Augustine said that these words might be interpreted, believe, and you have eaten. To believe in Christ and you have eaten the flesh. Now, yes, that's somewhat abstract for us, but at the same time, it means that when we believe in the one who has given his life, that we believe in the one who is the bread of life, as this window points out, the one of the sheep, the uh, wheat. And as he is the bread of life, as we feast upon him, then we are able to see the world in ways we don't see it otherwise. It transforms us. And as we do, we're able to see things that are different. We see new possibilities. We see the world in a different way. We see how we might relate to other people in a different way. We see possibilities of what to do with our time and talents and resources. We see new possibilities of what God might be having us to do. And we also see possibilities, new possibilities of how God might be shaping this church, this local body of believers into something that is different than what it was before. That we extend beyond the walls of this building and of the community in ways that are different. And we invite people in that might gather here to worship themselves as a congregation. We joke sometimes about the fact that we are we are inclusive, but yet everyone that's inclusive has some place at where they begin to be exclusive. We begin to exclude at some point on the continuum. And because of that, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for us to know how God might be shaping us to be more inclusive than we are. And as we do, we become 
more capable, better prepared, and more spirit-filled to do the things that God has called us to do. Now I showed the children the two little pieces of pottery. One was broken, and of course, uh, sometimes we feel that way. The things of life break us, but yet the reality is that God is in the business of repairing broken lives, shaping us and molding us and making us into the person he desires us to be. We gather at the table today in just a few moments. And what I ask you to do today is to think about this idea of what, what Jeremiah saw, that this pottery, piece of pottery was being shaped, that we too are being shaped. And that as you come to the table or as you come forward to receive communion, that you focus on Christ and Christ alone. That you push aside those thoughts that randomly zip through your mind and cause you to be already eating lunch. And that you think about Christ and how Christ is molding you even now. We know that when Jesus, on the last night that he was with his disciples, that he took the bread and the cup and he blessed them and he gave them to them, to them, to the disciples. And he said, this is my body that is given for you and this is my blood that is spilled for you, poured out for you as a drink offering. It is the new covenant in my blood. As we receive these elements today, we do so knowing that he is the bread of life, that the new covenant is in him and by his blood. And that he loves us and continues to shape us day in and day out, regardless of where we are and where we've been. His hands are still upon us to make us into the people he desires us to be. Oh, Lord, bless these elements today and bless those who receive them. May they sense your presence now. And as we feast at this table with you, may we remember the blessings that you have given us, but also the way that you're molding us into the people you would have us to be. In your name I pray, amen. Today as we receive communion, we'll do so with the choir going back up, but you're gonna receive communion first, and then after that, the others will come and receive communion uh, following that. Tom, would you come and help?
hymn of promise for today is number 499, I Surrender All. If there are those who desire prayer or would like to make any other kind of decision, I'll be here at the front as far as membership or moving a letter or just receiving Christ and acknowledging that God's hand is upon them or upon you as the Lord molds you and shapes you day by day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness, your blessing, your generosity. We know, dear God, that you require from us, and you require us to do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with you. We pray that we can build a just, kind, humble community and world, and use these tithes and offerings to do so. In Christ's name, amen.
these tithes and offerings are dedicated to be used for your kingdom's work in this community and beyond. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless them and multiply them. For it's in your name we ask. Amen. Can we see you for just a moment, please? I want to, a uh, couple of things. I want to thank Melinda Dressler for being here and giving uh, Miss Hazlett a day off. She'll be off another week. And Melinda, you'll be back with us next week, so we're delighted that you'll be here. And then I want to ask Torrey to come down as we finish up. Come on down. I need it one more time. Okay, okay. Well, at the end, if you, if, if you need him, we will. One more time. Okay. And after that, you come down so that people can greet you. But we will uh, be praying for you, for Corey, and ask that uh, your transition goes very smoothly and that uh, this year and employment there in the school will be a wonderful The announcements, the other announcements are here. The Congregational Council will not meet today after all, so we will circulate some calendar events to you. So um, do not worry about that if you're here and don't feel like you can stay. But then also remember that on uh, Thursday we begin the communion service, contemplative service again. And it is a wonderful time to sort of pull away from the, the hectic pace of the world and, and to be there together, to be centered and to offer prayers. I knew that it was either about to rain or I had just gone blind and or going going that way. So uh, it was it got very dark all of a sudden. Well, as we go out, we uh, trust that we do look for ways that we can be used of, of the Lord in our daily activities and to know that he is always with us, molding us and shaping us into the person he would desire us to be. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and grant you peace. Oh.